Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I am drinking the usual Earl Grey Taylor's tea. I tried it ice yesterday just for fun, and I would not recommend it because it just tasted like cold tea, which I can't be altogether surprised by that. But I'm going to play around with trying out a few different ways to drink it because I'm kind of getting bored, although I love it so much. But yeah, if anyone has any ideas, I was thinking maybe like a London Fog type iced latte. That was my inspo, but I'll probably have to try something a little bit more creative than just putting ice in the tea. One little disclaimer, you've heard me give this disclaimer before, but we dog sit. That's one of the things that we do, one of our streams of income and something that we really love to do. And because of that, quite often you'll hear some background noises. So if you do hear any dog related noises, the dog that we have with us right now, River, is a puppy and she's quite energetic so apologies in advance. I've really been enjoying week to week just sharing my little updates on what I'm listening to, what I'm watching, what I'm reading and actually I get asked the question quite often what podcasts I recommend and I'm the type of person that I have a few on rotation that I really love. I'm the same with series and movies. I think I've talked before about how I tend to go in themes and I was on a health and wellness slash personal development theme for quite a while and I know I'm saying this with having my own podcast that is kind of in that realm but I've just gotten to a point where I've kind of needed a break. I think I've just been oversaturated and I talked last week about this idea of overcomplicating things and I do personally think that I am susceptible to getting to a point with health and wellness where it's all I'm focusing on and it almost becomes something that has the opposite impact on my well-being. So I've kind of been taking a break from that. My partner and I, when we were on our road trip, listened to a lot of true crime, which... I ended up having to limit because I was becoming extremely paranoid, especially being on the road and sleeping in our car. And so I guess the general niche that I'm into right now is just a little bit more casual conversation, not necessarily and surrounding any specific theme, but just lighthearted conversations. One of the shows that I've been really loving is It Goes Without Saying. They often will cover sort of personal growth slash 
self-help related topics but in a really light-hearted way and they really integrate a lot of kind of entertainment references and I don't know it's just really pleasant and enjoyable to listen to so that has been my main podcast that I've been listening to in terms of series and things that I've been watching when I finished Bridgerton I was kind of looking for something new in particular like a comfort series and I haven't really found that yet my partner and I have just been watching Harry Potter in the meantime and then we always have a few different reality tv shows like I've mentioned before that we occasionally keep up with but nothing has really replaced the Bridgerton void as of yet I'm not a big cinema person like I I very rarely go to the movies but recently I've been hearing so much about this new movie everything everywhere all at once I think that's the name of it I just want to check yeah and so I've been really curious about that one might go to see that but besides that just kind of coasting and trying to find something to get into so last week I had mentioned that I was reading the book The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and I had heard about this so much on TikTok, on Instagram, and just seeing it on different Goodreads lists. So I finally read that. I finished it last week, and I really, really liked it. I found the story to be really fascinating, and you kind of both love and hate the main character throughout the book. And I just became really interested in her life and Hollywood and very unlike a lot of the books that I've read before. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed that one. And then I have shifted gears. I've mentioned before with books and with series, I think I already said this, but I'm going to potentially repeat myself. I honestly can't remember if I already said this, um, that I go through phases. I'm kind of now in a fantasy phase and right now I'm reading Six of Crows. I just started it. I think it's actually a young adult book. And in the first couple of pages, there's those reviews that other people leave. And someone said that it was like a combination of Hunger Games, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and something else, maybe Game of Thrones which for me is like the absolute pinnacle of what I want to read. So, so far so good. I'll keep you posted on, that's a very high bar in my opinion. So I'll keep you posted if it meets that, but so far so good. And it has really good reviews. And I believe that there's a series as well. I'm not sure because like I said, I don't know much about it. I literally just saw it on a few lists and was like, okay, let's try this. So I will keep you updated and keep you posted. Another fun thing, this is kind of random but I have mentioned several times that I've been getting back into exercise I had somewhat of an unhealthy relationship with exercise for a long time in that I was very punitive towards my body I wasn't comfortable in my body and I was exercising to make it look different as opposed to feeling good in my body and feeling strong and feeling confident and all of those reasons I literally just wanted to look good and to punish myself. So the way in which I would exercise would be very harsh and I think stressful on my body and hard on my body because I would push myself to extremes. And so throughout COVID, I kind of actually stopped exercising as much. I was walking a fair amount, but I was really not doing much else besides that. And over the past few months, I've been having a really, really good time 
reintegrating different forms of exercise and healing my relationship with exercise. And that's been a really lovely experience because I've started to gain more confidence in my body and just move it in a very nourishing way. Like I'll go to the gym and if I don't want to stay for longer than 20 minutes, I won't. And I just don't really care about what other people would think about that or you know I went to a spin class a few weeks ago and I just completely took it at my own pace and it's just been really an enjoyable way to engage with exercise and the reason I bring this up is because my friends and I we went to a dance class this past weekend it was actually hosted by this organization called Beautiful and they're an organization that helps to support young girls self-esteem and confidence building and self-worth which is obviously a mission that I really resonate with so anyways it was for that foundation and I went with a friend and honestly it was so much fun I was so embarrassed at first because we had to do this walk where we walked across the class in front of everyone in groups of three and when I tell you that I am the most awkward when it comes to things like this. I'm not exaggerating. They were actually taking videos and photos of my friend and I saw them after. And like, I don't say this in a self-deprecating way because I, I do not care, but the pictures were shockingly heinous of me. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I look like. All right. But once I got over that initial awkwardness and embarrassment, as I've mentioned so many times here and on other forms of social media, I'm really pushing myself to move through that and just enjoy it and have fun. And the instructor was so lovely and she was really helping to facilitate that experience of, you know, not allowing ourselves to be overcome by embarrassment and fear of what we look like and it was all women in the class and it was just so fun and towards the end I wasn't even thinking about what I looked like um but yeah I I think I'm gonna try that a little bit more my friends and I were talking after that class about maybe getting into it a little bit more because it was so empowering and so fun and just such a a nice way to move your body and the last update that I want to give is that if you have been a listener since the beginning or maybe as of more recently, you may start to hear an ad at the beginning of the show and maybe at the end of the show. I have transitioned to a new platform and I'm not saying this out of guilt or shame because this is how I provide for myself. It's more so I didn't want this to come as a huge surprise or for it to be, you know, kind of annoying. This is how I support myself. And so thank you for listening and for supporting and for understanding that as well. And I just wanted to kind of give that heads up. Okay, so let's get into today's topic of conversation. I have been sharing a little bit about this topic of purpose on social media for the last couple of weeks. It's something that I've been pondering, I would say, for the better part of my adult life. And a question that I go back and forth in my mind about, but it's really informed my journey is how I relate to this idea of purpose. I would say that I've been somewhat of an existential thinker for honestly my whole life. And just wondering 
what the meaning of it all is, as I'm sure many of us do, and reflecting on why I do certain things and how I do certain things and how the way that we're taught to show up in the world influences my own psyche and my own relationship to myself. But I would say as of the last couple of years and with a lot of transitioning happening in my life, I have constantly had to redefine how I relate to my purpose and this has been very disorienting and at times stressful and overwhelming and it's just led me to call into question how I relate to the idea of purpose because as we're going to talk about in this episode, I think that it has been framed in such a way that for many of us, we feel so much pressure and it's almost like a rush to find that purpose. And so really this conversation is going to be about examining the extent to which that is supportive and inspiring to you or if it tapers into feeling like too much pressure and feeling overwhelming and how we can shift out of that space and allow the idea of a purpose and meaning to actually drive us forward into a greater sense of happiness and well-being. I want to preface this conversation as I do in many of my episodes to say that I'm very open to being wrong. I'm open to conversation and in this particular conversation I'm I'm really not suggesting that it's black and white and my opinion is always evolving and changing and so I'm going to be exploring the idea of purpose in this episode with a variety of different lenses and then sharing my own personal perspective of what has worked for me in the last couple of years and what has helped me to settle into a position where I feel much more peace with myself and with where I'm at and not feeling like I always need to be striving and pushing and overachieving. However, I want to say that if that, if any of what I'm sharing feels good within you, then it's not to say that that's wrong. And really when we have these conversations, it's to empower you to think about things in your own way and in a way that's different from maybe what you've been taught. But if my way of thinking is different from yours, then it's certainly not to suggest that you are wrong. And we can have space in these conversations for different truths and for nuance. And sometimes that can be really hard to communicate online and over social media. So I just want to provide that little disclaimer before we get into it. Many of my opinions and realizations and epiphanies happen over time and I am led to understand something a little bit differently. And this topic of purpose, I would say, has been evolving and shifting for me for a while. Just for background, I talk frequently on this podcast about how I experienced a mental health crisis a few years ago in my transition out of university and into the working world. Now, there were several different reasons for why I had that experience. However, I think a big part of it was that transition out of having such a solid routine and structure and purpose. And it's there's an end in sight when you're in university and when you're in school. And then having this huge stretch of getting a job and that being it for the foreseeable future, I think 
was really overwhelming for me and I really didn't feel comfortable in the path that I was on. And so that was really where I started to go on this journey of calling into question how I related to a career and whether or not the career path that I was on was the one that I wanted to be in for the rest of my life. The topic of career and work is such a loaded topic, I find, and it's something that I am always shifting and changing my relationship too and it has been the catalyst for a lot of self-reflection and a lot of change and this all came to a head late last year in December when I was visiting my partner and his family I should say we were both visiting his family in England his dad was going through a quadruple bypass surgery and also at the same time my grandma was in the hospital in Ontario. So I was away from home, home is Vancouver, visiting with my partner's family and being there for them while he went through this huge surgery. And then I was also kind of aware of the fact that my grandma was in the hospital. During the time that I was in England, her situation got a lot worse and I had to leave England to go be with my family because she unfortunately was not going to make it and wasn't given much time. This is obviously really hard to share because I'm still healing from this experience, but the reason that I want to share it is because I had a really big epiphany when I was with my family, when I was spending time with my grandma, and I I realized when I was there, I felt this anxiety and this pressure which I feel is to some extent normal to get back to work and get back to my routine even though I was in one of the most important situations that I could have been in which was being present with one of the most important people in my life and other people and my family I was thinking about getting back to work and how I needed to get back to work It was upsetting because it was taking up so much of my mental energy, was feeling this anxiety of not being as present with work and thinking about how much I needed to get back into that routine. And it was during this time that I started to reflect on the extent to which I weigh work and, you know, wealth and material wealth and success and achievement subconsciously above other factors here i am in one of the most profound and important situations that is demanding my presence and i'm so focused on getting back and resuming my work activities so the realization that i ultimately had during this time was why do i feel that there's only one category of my life that is really important for me to be in and everything else outside of that is time away from that thing, that really important thing. And what I mean by that is anything that I'm doing outside of work is time away from the most important thing. I think about, you know, I'm on holiday and then my baseline is getting back to work and that is what I feel most purposeful in doing. But I began to realize as I had this experience that these moments with family and friends and ourselves in rest and in 
keeping each other company and in just being present with one another are just as valuable and just as important. And why have I gotten to this point where I've put so much pressure on myself to quote unquote resume my regular work activities and to get back to it that I can't see the value and be present with where I am at in this moment. Now, when I share this, it's not coming from a place of guilting or shaming myself for being this way. I think it makes sense based on what we're going to talk about in terms of how we've been conditioned and the way in which we've been led to believe that the most important goal for us to be chasing is career related. So it's more from a place of recognizing how that mentality has infiltrated my psyche even though I've done so much work to unlearn it it's still something that shows up even in the most important parts of my life so this reflection led me to realize the extent to which I was more heavily weighting my career goals and career achievements not on a conscious level because I don't necessarily on a surface level identify those factors as important core values to me but more so in the way that I was spending my time and spending my energy when I was away from those things because time is how we show value and when I was away from work my time and energy was going towards thinking about getting back to it. So it was clear to me that on some level I had internalized this idea that I wasn't worthy if I wasn't climbing some sort of career ladder or achieving some sort of career goal and I want to talk a little bit more in this episode about why that is even if we on a conscious level don't identify with being career driven or that being super important to us but first I want to start with just a general definition for life purpose because I feel like there are so many different definitions so I just want to start us off with a baseline that we can work with and this is from the Berkeley Wellbeing Institute basically it says that a life purpose is about having set goals and a direction for one's life. It's thought of that life purpose or engaging in purpose-driven behaviors is just one thing that contributes to a meaningful life. So it kind of comes back to this idea of meaning and how we make sense of this extremely random and unknown experience that we're having. And I talk a lot about how we do orient ourselves to the unknown, which a large majority of our lives is unknown and is uncertain and is beyond our control. And so integrating some sense of purpose and meaning can help us to navigate challenge and also, like this Berkeley quote, can help us have forward momentum and provide us with perspective. When I was preparing my notes for this episode, I started to think about this book that I read a few years ago, Man's Search for Meaning, about a Holocaust survivor. And he talks about how specifically attaching meaning to the experience that he was going through allowed him to 
basically survived that experience. And another thing that came to mind was this book that I read also a few years ago called The Blue Zones. This book talks about the different areas of the world in which there is a higher than normal percentage of people who live to be over 100 and they kind of study their lifestyles and just see some of the factors that contribute to their longevity and one of the pillars of their longevity in the studies that they did was having some sort of purpose and some sort of way to define one's life really being a core contributor to longevity and well-being that being said and we'll talk about this in a moment is when we talk about purpose as being something that can support longevity nothing in that says that purpose has to be connected to financial success or career success so just something to con- here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Consider when I share these things that I'm remembering about purpose and how they can be meaningful and supportive, specifically through the lens of well-being and longevity. I myself can definitely relate to this idea that assigning some sort of meaning or purpose to experiences, specifically challenging experiences that we're going through, can help us to navigate them with a more uplifting attitude. I can relate to that to some extent because especially when I was 
going through that experience with my mental health, with anxiety, there was part of me that felt like I could get through it. And then if I was able to, that I could support and help other people get through it as well. That was something that was always in the back of my mind that was driving me forward and that was helping me to make sense out of the experience that I was having. But at the same time, for lack of a better word, sometimes things just suck and that's okay too. So aside from the benefits and the data that backs up the fact that purpose can contribute to our health and well-being, why do so many of us feel crushed and overwhelmed with the prospect of a purpose? From my personal perspective, in order to answer this question, we have to consider how we have been encouraged to find our purpose, which is through work. There are so many different ways in which we can find purpose through social relationships, creativity, community, contributions, self-growth, and yet there's this constant looming pressure that we must find a way to define ourselves in the marketplace in order to be worthy of anything. And an interesting way of looking at this is through the life transition of retirement. So for example, In retirees, what happens from a mental health perspective when there's that loss of purpose that is found in a career? Anecdotally, it's something that I have observed amongst folks that I know who have retired, this kind of slump or this depression, or even folks who go on to almost immediately get another job. It's something that we all look forward to, at least many of us look forward to in life is being able to relax and yet when it actually happens and there's this loss of status or accomplishment or aspiration there's a depression that comes along with that and quite often people go right back into work and I also did just a little bit of research on this and that anecdotal observation of this depression that happens is also reflected in certain studies What I want to also share before getting into a little bit more of the critique of this value system is for some reason, whenever you critique a certain system, it's assumed that you have all of the solutions in hand. However, I've seen a few folks talk about the first, the fact, excuse me, that the first step is beginning to understand that there is a problem. Now, I personally don't deny the fact that we all need to find ways to support ourselves and I don't pretend to have some solution to this. I've myself done a little bit of research and read a little bit about some of the solutions but I'm really talking about how we can start on an individual level in the way that we relate to ourselves and you know, not having so much shame about diversifying the way that we derive purpose out of life. I have talked several times on social media about how I really am not someone that is career driven. I really have never been. And it's always felt like a weird conversation to talk about career goals because I quite honestly don't really have any. Don't get me wrong, there are things that I would like to achieve because of the lifestyle that it would afford me and the freedom that it would afford me. However, in and of itself, career goals are not important to me. And every time I talk about this, what I get met with is quite often a lot of support because I think a lot of us are feeling this, but sometimes there's a lot of resistance. It's just something to be mindful of is that 
calling into question something that is quite obviously making so many folks unwell, mentally unwell, doesn't mean that I don't understand that there is a survivability perspective where we all need to support ourselves. What this conversation, as I've mentioned a few times now, is about is about recognizing how broader systems and ways of thinking can be adopted by our own psyches and then assessing whether or not they actually feel good to us and recognizing the control that we have over shifting that. And the reality is, is that many of us live in countries, many of us listening to this show, I should say, live in countries where the maximization of GDP and economic factors are more heavily weighted than people's well-being. Despite, might I add, so many people not being above the comfort threshold, so essentially the amount of money that we need in order to be happy and healthy. And then how this trickles down to an individual level is in order for this system to advance and be upheld, it almost relies on us feeling inadequate about ourselves so we continue to enter the race of outperforming and outachieving and advancing against everyone else. So we don't even really have the time or mental energy to find purpose and meaning in anything else. And we're ridden with such guilt and feel like such a waste when we're resting or even doing non-work related activities because we've ultimately assigned even on a subconscious level the highest value of meaning to productivity and money and our contributions to the workplace and even when we finally decide to give ourselves rest the nap ministry talks about this a lot rather than just allowing ourselves to rest because we need to, we quite often will look at it from the lens of productivity. So even rest and non-work-related activities, it's infiltrated our psyche so much so that we need to be productive that even when we're doing things like resting or playing, it's with the final objective of being more productive. So the value system in our mind has essentially ranked material wealth at the top not necessarily in our own doing, but how we've been taught. And it's become almost like a moral superiority that is causing people to feel shame when they are trying to unlearn that system or when they don't resonate with it in terms of questions like, how driven are you? And just different things like that. We're kind of taught to feel ashamed when we don't identify with that value system. And once again, I do understand that there is a survival element where in many cases, it's not really a choice that we spend our time in this way, but more so due to circumstances. But for many of us, it's so deeply ingrained and insidious where there is in fact choice, but the association we've made with our self-worth and our work has made us prioritize it even when we don't have to. I've noticed myself engaging in this way even in really simple situations where I disregard my basic needs like eating or exercise or like I said spending time with loved ones. I am self-employed so there's a lot less structure which means that I get to choose and even in my ability to choose I oftentimes, like I said, disregard eating lunch or, you know, not leaving my seat all day and at the end of the day just realizing that I really haven't 
done things that I say that are important to me, like nourishing my body and getting good meals. So it's gotten to the point where, you know, I'm having to retrain myself to assign value to other things besides work. So when I'm eating, I have to say, I'm eating now and this is important and I am present just to kind of get out of this mental loop that I always needing I always need to get back to work. So I did a little poll on Instagram to see if I was the only one that was feeling this way and basically explore the idea of purpose and whether you found it to be inspiring or too much pressure or a bit of both. So surprisingly only 8% of people who responded found it to be inspiring. too much pressure and 62% a bit of both, which is probably where I would identify with and I'll explain a little bit why in a minute. But if you do fall into the category of feeling the pressure and, you know, resonating with this need to hustle and need to have every single facet of your life be productive and wealth generating, then I'm going to talk about some of the ways that I've integrated into my mindset to offset this. Like I said, this is an ongoing and evolving journey of decoupling my career success and productivity levels from my self-worth and my sense of purpose. So I'm going to share a couple of the things that have helped me on this journey. And I kind of touched on this, but the first being just transforming and almost self-auditing how we assign and measure value. And of course, this starts with an individual basis. I don't necessarily see society collectively agreeing to do this anytime soon, but we can start with ourselves and diversifying our value systems. And like I said, it doesn't mean that we all have to stop working and quit our jobs, but assessing how we orient towards work and it not being the be all and end all. And, you know, if we make a mistake or if we have some time where we're ill or we need to rest, not adding shame to that layer and just really allowing ourselves to be in the moment that we are in and honor that without feeling that constant pull and pressure back to work. Being able to find different things that are meaningful in their own right and not always because of their economic potential. This is something that I have struggled with and I've also seen a lot of folks talking about this in terms of monetizing every single facet and every single hobby but I think sometimes because there is quite a lot of conditioning and structure in terms of what it means to monetize something and the pressure that comes along with that, when we aim to monetize and tap into the economic potential of literally every single area of our life, we can also get sucked into everything that comes along with that. I also think that when we go down this path of diversifying our value systems and trying to find things that are meaningful outside of work and in their own right, we there is an element of needing to accept that societally this is where we're at right now without needing to participate so much so in the internal shaming and the comparison and needing to outperform and outachieve each other. Now, I do think that this takes time. For example, I personally left the corporate world, I don't know how many years ago, but a few years ago, and decided to embark on a new path and a new journey for myself. And because I made a different choice, I had to accept that 
it was going to look different for me for a while. And what that meant was there was moments, of course, where I felt envy and jealousy towards my friends who were still in those corporate positions and doing really well because for the large majority of my life, that's what I was taught to value. And so it's not to say that once you start to diversify and change your perspective and shift into a new space that that process is going to go away but not always feeling like we need to respond to it by re-engaging if that makes sense and again this doesn't just apply to the situation of actually leaving and quitting your job it can also go for being in your job but just having a different attitude towards it and a different mentality i think we're always going to continue to come into conversation and sometimes into heated conversation with folks who feel differently about how what looks right and what is right and how you should orient yourself to career and the level of motivation and drive that you should have but we don't necessarily need to engage with that it's okay for different opinions and attitudes to exist without us feeling like that needs to be us. I just personally feel like there is a lot of freedom in shifting your relationship to work because we're not so attached from a self-worth perspective to our success. The reality is, is we're not going to be feeling success 24-7, but what it means is that we don't hate ourselves in the moments where perhaps we've had a setback or we've made a mistake because we're not holding our self-worth in the hands of this career. And then even if there are folks listening to this who really find a lot of purpose and meaning and enjoyment from their career and you are super career driven, you can even start to diversify how you see what can be meaningful and purposeful and contribute to your career success and what I mean by that is for example athletes is a good example of folks who seem to understand that it's not just the hours spent exercising or practicing that contribute to your performance it's also the hours spent resting and we you know within the world of athletes not that I am one there seems to be an understanding that if you overdo it then there could be injury and there could be burnout and things like that. It just seems like that isn't as well understood or as integrated within kind of desk jobs and different jobs like that, where we can actually have a more holistic view of what contributes to our workplace productivity. And so by diversifying your value system and seeing the value in different facets of your life, It can also still apply to you even if you are career driven. Something else that I found to be really helpful, I actually saw this on a TikTok sound, was allowing yourself to be a verb, not a noun. We have so much pressure to find neat and tidy categories that we can put ourselves into and for some that really resonates. However, for many that is very much in flux and we're we're experimenting and we're finding out so when we're asked to put ourselves into finite categories and define ourselves through a noun can be challenging and so not knowing what you want to be and kind of being in flow and reinventing yourself moving in life and not being fixed that is something that is framed in such a risky and frivolous way but it is a very valid way of 
understanding what you like and figuring it out. It's it's so interesting and fascinating to me that we are expected at the age of 16, 17 with no real life experience in any type of career to know what we want to do for literally the rest of our lives. We are expected to make that decision and when we are changing our decision, changing our mind, figuring it out, that's quite often, at least from my perspective, regarded in quite a negative way. And so if we can disengage from that negative narrative and just be open to being a student in life, this can this can be really freeing. And I don't suggest that that is easy because there is a degree of certainty that comes with putting ourselves into a position of stability and of certainty in who we are and what we're doing. However, I think that there can be room for opening up to experimentation and movement and flow. And then the last thing that I want to share is a slightly different perspective, which is you may find that even trying to find meaning in things is not helpful to you and that it's okay to release that need for everything to have a purpose. If you think about being a child and just being completely present and dropping the need to improve, achieve, or, you know, work towards something or have that sense of like forward momentum and you're just being present and living your life blissfully. And once again, I accept that this is a challenging way of living, especially as an adult, but maybe just integrating that in certain activities and just allowing yourself to not search for how this could be useful in any grander way and just being in the moment. And yeah, I think that that is also a perfectly valid way of being because for many of us, trying to assign a grander purpose is in and of itself not helpful in any way. So I was reading this article and I'll leave the link below and this is a quote that really resonated with me and it said, life itself is the path, not the goal. When you have a goal, you will run and when you run, your feet will not touch the ground and you will miss the beauty of existence or nature. When you drop the goal, the emphasis will be on the path. Okay, so now I want to read some of your responses. I put out a question on Instagram, so I'm just going to pull them up. I basically just asked how you feel about the idea of finding a purpose. So someone said, it's inspiring when found within oneself, pressuring when it comes through outside, oh, excuse me, through external voices. Someone else said, for me, it used to be inspiring until my life started to change direction. Then it felt like I could no longer trust myself and my intuition because I was wrong about my purpose. This idea that there is a right, sorry, this is now me adding my commentary to that. This idea that there's a right thing that we should be doing and something I really noticed as I read through these responses that it's it's quite often this idea that there's something that we should be doing and it's our work to simply find that and if we haven't found that then there's something wrong with us and it keeps us always kind of in this place of searching and once again not really being present. Someone else said, I thought I'd have it all figured out by now. Nope, at 45 and still don't know where I should be. Someone said, so pressuring, just graduated and I feel like I wasted time if I don't do something related to my degree. Another one was, I feel more freedom in acknowledging that there is no purpose other than to live. 
Okay, and then the last one I'll share, which is kind of a bit longer, but I really like this response, which is kind of both. When I feel lost, I hold on to the hope that I will inevitably fulfill my life's purpose and get to where I want to be one way or another. But then another part of me is wondering if we just use our meaning-making systems to make our lives feel purposeful, but they're really not. Maybe a life purpose is just another meaning-making system that we choose for ourselves to justify the shape our life takes. And I really like that one and wanted to end it off on that one because I think that this highlights the fact that there is a certain degree of choice that we have in how we relate to purpose. We have very much been encouraged to relate to it in a certain way that for many of us is too much pressure and doesn't feel good. And so we have the option and the opportunity to reassess and shift our relationship to purpose or let it go altogether in the moments that it feels not worthwhile in integrating. So I said that was my final thought, but I do want to leave it off with this quote. This is from Alan Watts and it says, the meaning of life is just to be alive. It is so plain and so obvious and so simple. And yet everybody rushes around in a great panic as if it were necessary to achieve something beyond themselves. So I hope that this episode was enjoyable. I hope that you took something away that can help you to shift a potentially stressful relationship that you have with the idea of a purpose. And if you are feeling like this constant quest and striving and searching is creating more stress than it is inspiration, then maybe finding opportunities to diversify your diversify excuse me your value system and maybe even release the idea altogether so thank you once again for listening as always and i will see you next week mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.